Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. All right, welcome back to Teaching Sports. Uh, tonight we're a little shorthanded. Uh, it's just going to be uh, Coach Mike Matthews and myself, Matt Bullis, as uh, we're down two members, Mike Sale and C.J. Hansen, but we're going to do our best uh, to maybe give you a little abbreviated uh, Teaching Sports tonight. So we're going to hop right into Everest Sports. It's been a couple weeks since we've... Uh, We've been here. Um, let's start with uh, basketball, Mike. Uh, I know that you've probably watched a little bit more than I have here with Everest basketball. The boys' basketball team, uh, I know uh, they're, they're five games into it. They're one and four. Um, I know you've probably been at a couple of the games. Uh, tell, me, tell us what you've seen. Uh, yeah, actually the only game I was at was the game that they won. Um, against Appleton West and Marcus Hall scored 54 points. So, um, obviously, uh, they have an offensive threat. Um, but I think what they're looking, searching for right now is that second or third kid to step up and, um, you know, take some of the, the scoring load away from Marcus as, as they get into more games, he's going to draw more and more attention. So, um, you know, that game against Appleton West, they were down big. Um, early in the second half, and uh, they really just played um, really intense defense. You know, that, that's how you get back in a game anyway. And then Appleton West had no answer for Marcus. Um, he was shooting from the perimeter. He was attacking in the paint, and I think he shot like 23 free throws that night too. So, um, But I think that, yeah, I think right now, I think Coach Poggle's probably just looking for, you know, those other guys that, are going to have to step in and fill that scoring role um, with the loss of Colton Hall and uh, Logan Bentz and uh, Bose Folk. That, that's a lot of experience and, and a lot of scoring to uh, to uh, replace. Yeah, it looks to me... Um you know they've they've been giving up a lot of points. It's about 70, 79 points a game approximately. And like you alluded to, the game that they kind of got back into and won against Appleton West, they they made some stops defensively. It sounds like, uh, which I'm sure Coach Poggle is is uh, working on with the guys because um, that's going to be their ticket. Uh, it looks like offensively, they, well, they have a they have a legit star in Marcus Hall. Um, and uh, so they just need to need to get a little bit more effort maybe on the defensive end, uh, and then find those secondary scores. Uh, I know he's got a couple kids uh, that have shot the ball fairly well from deep. I saw online uh, Wyatt Miles and Owen Sale have both shot a pretty good percentage from three early in the year. Um, so maybe they can find some of those uh, opportunities here for for some other kids to help carry the scoring load. I know they play, I believe, Wasa West right on Friday. Yeah, uh, yep. that's a girl boy doubleheader. So, uh, and then hop, right. hopping into the girls, uh, I, I've seen the girls play once. The girls are four and two. Um, they got a tight win last night against Wasa East in their conference opener. Um, I know Braylon Byler shot the ball pretty well for them late last night. That kind of got them out of a hole. Um, she's averaging about 14. Kira Hammond is averaging about 20. So you know, contrary to the boys, the girls have. You know, two double-digit scorers that are pretty consistent here so far. 
uh, in the early going. Um, they they need, looks you know it looks like they need a little more production off the bench uh, as well. They're not getting a whole lot from anybody off the bench, um, so I'm sure that Coach Schilling is uh, you know trying to find some kids that can come in and contribute for them. Uh, but they're off to a nice start at four and two, and they they also play Wasa West on Friday. What have you seen from the girls, Mike? Uh, you know, I think it's it's kids just trying to figure out, you know, what their role is on the team. Um, you know, I think there's, there's obviously Key and, and Bray are the scores. You know, are the kids that you look to to score. Um, and then you you have your kids like, like Riley Zuliger probably is the hardest working, most competitive kid on the on the floor all the time. Really good defender. Um, you know, goes hard to the basket, doesn't always finish because of her size. Um, but I think that, you know, some of those other kids, they just got to figure out, you know, I don't have to do a whole lot. I just got to do little specific things, you know, those little things that, you know, you and I always talked about when we were coaching. Um, you know, come in and get some rebounds. Come in and play good defense. You know, come in and get a, a garbage basket, you know, off an offensive rebound or something like that. So, I think it's just that the kids right now just need to learn, you know, what's my role on the team to help us be more successful. Uh, you know, and they got a couple wins, so that's, you know, that, that always helps uh, the team morale and stuff. But um, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to get a little tougher as we get into the conference. West will be a really big challenge on Friday. Yeah, I mean, like you alluded to, Riley, Riley Zuger is a great a great kid, uh, one of my favorite kids I think I've ever coached, um, and just plays so hard. Uh, you know, I talked to her after one of their game, the game that I went to watch, and uh, she said to me, "You'd be you'd be proud of me, Bullis. I fouled out of the first game of the year." Um, so, you know, and, and they they need some of those kids to play some hard nose hard nose defense and, and get stops because, like you said, Friday is going to be a tough challenge for them. Wasa West, um, you know, they lost the, the best player in the conference last year. Um, yep. And Kylie Deaton, but they all they they have a lot of kids back, uh, and, and they have some seniors like Everest does. And you know you you uh, you need contributions from seniors if you're going to have a successful season, uh, and, and you're going to you know make some noise in the conference race. Seniors make a big difference. So uh, Everest has got that going for them with uh, with quite a few seniors on the roster uh, this year. Um, all right, let's. Uh, how about boys hockey? Uh, boys and girls hockey—they're off to nice starts. Uh, the boys are, are three and two. Um, I know they've played a, played a couple of tough games here uh, this past weekend uh, down in Milwaukee, I believe. Right? Um, yeah. University yep. school is always really good, and then Waukesha North—they uh, took a loss there too, uh, but bounced back with a win last night against Wapaka, and then they have the. Uh, the the big marathon cup here starting tomorrow night they play east merrill uh and then should they win that they would take on either mosini or wasau west um have you seen the have you seen the guys play at all yet mike or, or heard anything about uh, it, them yeah i haven't seen them play but i talked with uh, i actually ran into the coaching staff today right at the end of school um and talked with them a little bit they got a little beat up down in milwaukee um you know had you know some minor injuries and stuff and kids just uh had had to learn to play a little bit faster i guess is how uh, coach ben spike said it um and then they came back last night they played wapaka they got down early um and came back um and ended up winning that game six to four parker knight he got a hat trick um, and he was actually one of the kids that 
Um, the coaches talked about, you know, he's got to step up his play a little bit, you know, because he has more potential. He just not doesn't realize uh, realize it, I guess. Um, and then we talked a little bit about the Marathon Cup uh, coming up. Uh, uh, you know, Everett played the East Merrill squad on Thursday. Uh, you know, they the coaches. You know, it's one of those things. They they feel fairly confident, but you you don't want your players to be overconfident um, in that game and, and look forward to playing in the championship game against either Mosinier or West. But um, I think that the coaches felt like you know they're a better team than the East Merrill team. So, um, but I think they, they I think he likes the squad. They have a lot of kids back from last year uh, that got some varsity minutes that got their goalie back from last year um, so I think he, you know I think Ben Spike's always really positive whenever you talk to him you know he's he really thinks highly of this group he likes his seniors and their leadership and stuff like that so um, the team seems pretty cohesive um, you know just getting guys to shoot the puck he said you know we just sometimes we always make that extra pass which Sometimes it's good, but there's a lot of times where you just like to get the puck on the net a little bit and see if you can create scoring opportunities that way. Um, the girls' hockey team, the Storms, four and zero. You know, I don't, I don't know a ton. There's five Everest girls on that team. Um, the Storm actually, they go down to Milwaukee this weekend now, um, down to University School Invite uh, on Friday, Saturday. So. Um, I'm sure they'll probably see, you know, some some high quality teams down there as well. So. All right, uh, a couple other sports. Uh, we have the wrestlers are are off and uh, off and wrestling, not off and running. Uh, they're off and wrestling. Um, they are one and zero in duels. They beat Wassa East in their conference opener, uh, and then they were down in Watertown, uh, which I believe is a pretty big uh, invite, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's like. I think there's like 16 teams down there. Yeah, so. and they, they they got fourth place down there, and they had a first place. Who was it that got first place, Mike? Uh, Mitch Danielski. Okay. Mitch Danielski got, you know, and, and Mitch, Mitch is a really good wrestler. Um, the problem the last couple of years is he's been behind Orion Bolt. You know, so it's been, you know, he's been in that same weight class, and, you know, Orion was spectacular. Went to state, you know, I think his junior and senior year. So, um, you know, Mitch is, Mitch is going to have a good year from what Coach Reamer uh, briefly talked to me about is that, you know, he's he's really the, the senior leader. He's a vocal leader. He's a leader in the locker room. Um, and he's started off the season undefeated now. So Great, great. And then uh, the swimmers are, are uh, off. They're 0-2. Uh, they've, they've lost a couple here in the conference season to start. And then uh, – Looks like the dancers and the curlers and ski and snowboard are all underway. Uh, ski and snowboard got some nice snow here in the last week, so they're probably pumped about that. So anything you have there on those, any of those uh, teams? You know, just the, the swimmers talking with Dale a little bit because his, his other son, Ben, uh, does swimming. Uh, you know, we, we have some, we get some really uh, quality swimmers. We just don't have the depth. Um, he said, so in these dual meets, um, you know, the Everest squad can get a lot of firsts and seconds, but they're not getting, you know, the third and fourth because they just don't have the depth on the team right now. Sure. All right. So that's it for Everest sports. Uh, winter sports are off and running. Um, so we hope you come out and support any of those teams, especially starting tomorrow with the Marathon Cup. 
and thanks to uh, Assistant Athletic Director Mike Matthews for all the uh, rundown here on all of the Everest Everest Sports. So, uh, moving on to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, like I said, since we've gotten together, um, and they're coming off a bye this week, but they had a big win against the uh, L.A. Rams uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, happened to be there at that game with uh, my son, Braden. Uh, we enjoyed ourselves. Um, he got an education in the crowd a little bit. Um, but it was uh, it was a great, great day. Um, Great game. The defense played well. You know, Rasul Douglas uh, with another huge, huge interception and a pick six return. Uh, Rodgers played really well. Uh, A.J. Dillon played really well. So uh, the Packers are kind of holding serve here. They're 9-3 and three, um, and, and just hoping to keep, keep chugging along, keep racking up W's, and then hope that uh, maybe this week the Rams can give them a little help against the Cardinals. Um, got a big boost with Jair Alexander back at practice today. Uh, and so that's huge. Um, what are we thinking here going forward? What do you, have you heard anything on Bakhtiari or Zedarius? Uh, I assume Jair, like you said earlier today to me, they have three weeks to activate Jair. Uh, I would be surprised, I guess, if he was active uh, anytime in the next couple. Um, but what are you what are you thinking on the pack, Mike? Yeah, I think um, yeah, Jair is going to be you know he's in that kind of like the, the get back in football shape mode. So I think it'll be a couple weeks for him, probably at least maybe Christmas Day. I don't know um, against Cleveland. Otherwise, you know maybe the week after that. Uh, Bakhtiari, I think it's close, but from listening to Rogers on Pat McAfee. Doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. Um, and Zedarius, I don't, you know, Zedarius tweeted out like, uh, you know, a tweet that kind of gave you the impression like he's ready to go. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, I guess I'm not, you know, when a back is, you know, that's something that's really got to heal, I'm sure, before they're going to let him out there, even if they can maybe give him, you know, you know, maybe a dozen plays or something like that. That would even be awesome. Just come in on like a, a third and long situation just to get some pressure on uh, John Gary and get them all out there at the same time. Uh, but I think I think Bakhtiari's probably one week away. Just just from the impression I got from listening to Rogers. Yeah, he kind of made it sound like uh, wasn't going to be this week for sure. Uh, but then that yeah. was that was kind of where he left it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they play this. I mean, they have a four game lead with five to play in the division, so that's pretty much all but sewn up. But with the uniqueness now of the new setup, and only one team getting a buy, they're really going to have to keep playing their guys, you know, because they want to get that home field advantage. Right. Absolutely. So. Um, you know, you can ease Jair back. You can ease maybe Zadarius or, uh, you know, guys back. But you really want to get them back because you're fighting for that home field advantage. And, uh, you know, looking at the teams looking at the teams that are w- right behind or with the Packers, you know, they're all warm weather dome teams. Arizona, the Rams, Tampa. Um, so home field would be enormous this year. You know, I know they lost last year. Uh, at home, but that was a Lambeau Field with like a hundred people in it, 
Um, so right. I think I think it would be a little different this go round. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think they have. I like their schedule. Um, you know, with three out of the five being at home, uh, I think you know the Cardinals got a tough schedule. You know that that division's you know maybe a little tougher, especially their their interdivisional no games always seem pretty tough out west. So um, you know we'll see. I think obviously they if they take care of business, I. I don't see the Cardinals going 15 and 2. Right. And I think the Cardinals go to Dallas yet too. Um, I don't remember their schedule, uh, but obviously they have the Rams this week. And I want to say they go to Dallas, uh, which is going to be no, you know, no easy game. Uh, right. so, yeah, I, I don't see that either. Uh, you know, I would think that they would trip up here one or two and uh, you know, the Packers hold that ever important tiebreak. Uh, against the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, I think that personally, I mean, I, obviously Tampa gives us nightmares and Tom Brady, but I think it's going to come down to the Packers or the Buccaneers uh, having that one seed. I really do. I don't know how all the tiebreakers work if there was a three-way tie. I'm sure there's 8,000 different combinations of things that could happen, but uh, I really think that... Uh, Tampa's going to be right there in the in the end for that one seed too, and their division is not nearly as tough. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. What do you think this week? And I know the, they're favored by well, man, I saw it's like twelve or thirteen points. Um, you know, Rogers still isn't practicing, so are we going to get? Uh, I mean, he you, you wouldn't be able to tell by watching, but are we going to get another heavy dose of of AJ Dillon, uh, or what are you thinking we're going to see this weekend? Well, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to run the ball. I'm sure the Bears are gonna do the same. They're gonna try to run the ball and keep it out of our offensive hands. Um, I think Fields is playing. Uh, from what was communicated today, is that Justin Fields ready to go and he's gonna be starting. So, um, I think you know, offensively, you know, I don't know if it's how bad important it is for Rodgers to practice. Um, or simulate practice or you know I think probably going through the walkthrough uh, is probably enough for him because he's done this a million times already so um, you know I think I being at in Lambo, you know I know I think it's a 12 and a half yeah 12 and a half I believe yeah like that's a big number um, but you know you just gotta win I know they only beat him by 10 uh, at Soldier's Field so um, that's why they're maybe giving the Packers an extra three points there. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just looking at the Buccaneers' schedule, uh, you know, going back to that, they they play Buffalo this weekend, but Buff- Buffalo obviously hasn't looked great as of late, uh, and that's in Tampa. Um, and then they have the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Panthers again. So uh, three of their five are at home. Their only road games being okay. the road games being at. Carolina and at the Jets so um, Buccaneers look poised to go um, 14 and 3 you know if they slip up there I don't know where it would be I mean maybe this weekend the Bills are kind of uh, Jekyll and Hyde but we'll we'll see um, yeah I agree with you on this weekend as far as the Bears I think that the Bears will try to run the ball you know Fields is going to be rusty he hasn't played for two three weeks here 
Um, so I'm sure that they're going to try to run the ball to keep Rodgers off the field, which I think that's most most teams' game plans. You know, the Packers the Packers play solid and, and, and take care of the ball. Uh, I think they should have no problem here getting a win uh, Sunday night football. So um, right. ho- hopefully next week uh, we're reviewing a, a Packers win and they're still on track and they're getting more guys healthy. So, um, you know, that, that Buffalo-Tampa game, it's probably better off for Buffalo to play in Tampa. Yeah, it could be. You know, you know, they were talking about a Monday night and then Tuesday after the game against the Patriots. They're really not set up to be a cold-weather team. Yeah. Um, so maybe that that's good for them. The Cardinals, incidentally, their schedule, they got the Rams this Monday night. Right. Uh, then they travel to Detroit. Um, but then their last three games, they play the Colts, who are playing really well right now, the yep. Cowboys, and then and then the Seahawks. So, um, yeah, that's a tough schedule. Well, yeah, I mean, other than the Lions, but the Lions are red hot. Yeah, you know? sure they are. They just won a game. So. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't stop them now. One and ten, one ten and one. They are so. Um, all right, moving on quickly. Badgers football. We won't spend much time there. It's been a couple weeks since they've played and didn't play very well to end the season there against Minnesota. Uh, they accepted a bid to the Las Vegas Bowl uh, against Arizona State, and they'll be playing um, in uh, is it elite? What is is it? Allegiant Stadium. The uh, yeah, Allegiant. Yeah, the, yep. the Raiders Stadium right there off the strip. Uh, at one point, it looked like I was going to be going, but I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, Badgers are favored by 7.5. I don't really know much about Arizona State other than they're coached by Herm Edwards, former uh, NFL coach Herm right. Edwards. Um, yep. College football playoff, uh, as everybody knows by now, it's going to be Alabama against Cincinnati. Uh, Alabama is favored by almost two touchdowns. And then it's going to be Michigan-Georgia, which will be an interesting matchup. Georgia is favored by uh, seven and a half. So uh, I don't know what to expect there. I just don't want to see Alabama versus Georgia for the national title. Uh, but I have a feeling it's going to be that again. Um, your thoughts on the, the college football playoff or any of the bowls that you've, you've seen? Um, well, I guess to start off with the... Uh the Badger game against Arizona State. Yeah, I don't know much about Arizona State other than Sherm and you play to win the game, obviously. But yep. uh, I think that's, you know, the loss of Minnesota really hurt. Um, not only not getting into the, the Big Ten Championship game, but then maybe getting a more prestigious bowl uh, than the Las Vegas bowl. Uh, but I think, you know, those... This is the time of year where you just got to take advantage of the practices and stuff. They got a fairly uh, young group. I think it's it's a good time for uh, that young 17-year-old to get some rest because he looked a little beat down against Minnesota. So, um, and then the, the football playoff poll, you know, that was the four teams that I think we all thought were going to get in it. Um, and I figured that the committee would make sure that. Alabama and Georgia weren't playing because uh, you certainly could argue you know, Michigan maybe won, Alabama and Georgia 2-3 and then Cincinnati 4 um, just because Michigan played so well in the last, you know, four to six weeks here um, but, you know, it always comes to strength of schedule and the SEC is supposed to be stronger so um, 
you know, Alabama has a better uh, strength of schedule than Michigan. Um, but you know where those games are being played? Um, I don't offhand. Um, I did see it at one point, but I don't. I don't. I'll look that up, but I'm not sure. I agree with you, though. Um, I, I thought that maybe Michigan should have been one. Uh, I, I thought I heard somebody from the college football playoff committee say that it didn't matter um, if we would have had Georgia and Alabama in a semifinal um, or not. It was going to be – we just did it strictly by the numbers. And I was like, no way. There's no way that they, uh, they did that. Um, they were going to make sure that those two were not against each other. So um, – but right. uh, it looks like Alabama-Cincinnati is in the Cotton Bowl – um, and then Michigan, Georgia, um, is the Orange Bowl. So, okay. so one's in Dallas, one's in Miami. Georgia and, and Michigan will be in Miami, and then uh, the Cotton Bowl, Alabama, and Cincinnati will be uh, in Dallas. Uh, I don't know. Oh, really? Go ahead. Yeah, that's like Southeast Conference territory, anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, it's too bad. Like you know, they could put. A college football playoff game in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, or you know, and get it out of the South all the time. I right. know they want the warm weather, but you're still in a dome, um, just to kind of give a little bit of a break to these uh, northern teams that make the, the playoffs. Right. Yeah, and then the, the national championship game, I believe, is at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Um, yes, I believe yep. that's where that one is going to be. Uh, and that's I think January 10th, um, so it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a ways out, but um, I, it'll be it'll be interesting in years to come. I don't know if it'll ever go beyond four or not. You know, like they always say, somebody's always going to complain that they're getting left out. Um, but I, I'm a huge huge proponent of going to eight. You know, much like Division two and Division three, where they started at 32. Uh, I believe maybe it's 16 and play down, um, but I really wish that that Division One would go to eight and uh, take all the conference champions, uh, the Power Five conference champions, and then take three at large uh, and play it out. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll see. I know that they they haven't wanted to do that, and there's varying different arguments for that, and um, that's for another day. So, uh, Badger basketball. Yep. Badger basketball just uh, before we came on here moved to eight and one with an f- unbelievable comeback uh, against Indiana tonight at home. They were down uh, twenty, I believe, twenty two maybe, um, and they came all the way back, uh, beat Indiana. Indiana still has not won at the Kohl Center since I believe nineteen ninety eight, and uh, Badgers moved to eight and one. Johnny Davis has been been really good. Uh, looks like a future uh, NBA draft pick. Uh, let's just hope that he stays uh, after this year and, and plays at least one more year. And then um, I've been real impressed with Brad Davis, and he, you know, he's always been that that leader, that gritty, tough defensive kid. Uh, but now that he's kind of, you know, the the lone holdover from that group that left, uh, he's really looked to score the ball again. Probably. Probably uh, he he hasn't really scored the ball that much since his freshman year. I feel like he scored a lot then, um, but now he's up to, you know sixteen points a game, uh, and I think that he's just a great guy to lead a young group of kids. 
Um, and, and I really think that uh, his worth is much more than, than just his scoring uh, per game. I think he does a lot for that group. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, it seems like he's in his, like, 10th year there. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. Like, his first year when he was basically got pushed into that point guard duty because of some injuries, um, he scored a lot. Um, and then the last few years, he just kind of, you know, he'd have a game where he'd go off, but then, you know, that was hit or miss. Uh, and this year, yeah, he's been, you know, he's kind of been the Robin to uh, Johnny Davis being Batman right now, um, and I think that's been good. I think, like you said, they're they're a young group, um, and it's probably good to have like a forty year old senior playing. Uh, <laughs> you know, just to catch compose those guys. You know, they've won some close games. Um, you know, coming back tonight from twenty plus down in the second half. Um, you know, that's that obviously took a little bit of uh, senior leadership. Um, and just saying, you know, even at halftime, just going in, you know, before the coaches get in there, and he's probably just saying, "Hey, we can, we can still do this," and and you know, just handing out positives, so uh, which is great for that young group. Yeah, they they've really come up with some big wins early on, some good resume wins uh, when it comes down to uh, March Madness. You know, coming into this year, and I think that's what's made this group so enjoyable. I think we all didn't know what what we were going to have as Badger fans. Um, and uh, you know they've really surprised us all, and I think that was the frustrating part on the the other side of it last year. Is we all thought that group was going to be pretty good, and they ended up not being very good. Um, right. So you know this group has been really fun to watch. That you know they've won the won the Maui slash Las Vegas Invitational, um, and then you know winning at Georgia Tech. You know Georgia Tech's not an upper echelon ACC team uh, as they were when we were kids. Uh, but that's still a tough place to play, um, and then and then starting off, you know, winning the big the big in-state rivalry game with Marquette quite handily on Saturday uh, was huge, um, and then tonight starting off Big Ten play uh, looked looked to be a, a tough start for them with a veteran Indiana team, um, but man, they hung around and chipped away, and I think got it to fifteen at half, and uh, then really made a charge. I think they finished. Uh, I believe on uh, an eleven or thirteen zero run uh, to close it right. out. So uh, huge, huge win for uh, for the Badgers and and uh, Coach Greg Gard. Uh, you know, I know he's taken his taken his lumps from from people in the media and social media and just Badger fans, and he should be getting a lot of a lot of credit right now for the job that he's done uh, with this group. So. Uh, moving on, Milwaukee Brewers. Um, we're going to let you kind of take over here, Mike. You're our resident baseball expert. Uh, I know the Brewers have had a few things going on here and uh, before the lockout started, uh, and now everything's kind of frozen. But uh, catch us up here on what the Brewers have been up to. Uh, yeah, the Brewers, obviously there was, there was a lot of movement early before the lockout started. Um, you know, Avi Baez. Uh, Seeger, um, Max Scherzer and his $43 million contract. Um, you know, so a lot of big names uh, did some moving around early. Um, the Brewers snuck in a trade that I think was the most savvy move of the year, uh, maybe the decade, maybe the century, I don't know. <laughs> um, but they got, 
they got rid of JVJ, who I, obviously is a great defensive player, but he could hit himself out of a paper bag this last summer. Um, they sent him back to the Red Sox uh, for Hunter Renfro, um, who's, you know, yeah, Hunter Renfro's not like getting Babe Ruth from the Red Sox, but um, he had a good season. Um, the, the Brewers saved almost $3 million in the transaction, which is, is huge for a, a, mark, a small market team like the Brewers. Um, so I just thought that was really a great a great move. Uh, you, you, you didn't lose that outfield position. You just picked up somebody else. Um, and, you know, hopefully Jackie Bradley Jr. will find his stroke uh, back in Boston. Um, the Brewers yeah. did re-sign Jace Peterson, who's, you know, I think probably can play every position, you know, if called upon. Um, they offered a contract uh, to Rowdy Telez, but they non-tendered uh, Chris Farley, uh, Mr. Vogelbach. Um, so I think they've chosen that option for right now as far as first base. Um, but then a lot of the stuff um, that's going to happen now, they got to wait. You know, it might not be until February. The two groups are so far apart between the players and the owners. Um, just seeing online from guys like uh, Tim Kirchin and the guys that really cover baseball, you know, they think it's going to be long drawn out. So, so what is the uh, what what is the major hangup? Like, what are they so far apart on? Well, the players really want to get rid of free agents. They or the owners really want to get rid of free agency, and the players want more of the revenue. Uh, the revenue sharing percentage to go towards salary. So, um, you know, obviously they're not going to get rid of free agency. Right. Um, they might be able to change the years and stuff like that, but, um, you know, they're not, they're not going to get rid of free agency. Um, and then the players will have to back down on the percentage of the revenue share that are going to be uh, built into salaries. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's right now it's probably posturing because they know it's December, you know, we're not real close to anybody reporting and stuff like that. So, um, but I think like Tim Kirchin said, you, you wish they were a little bit closer so that it would give you a little bit of hope. So, sure. Um, well, yeah, the Brewers that... did draft. they, uh, in the rule five draft today, the Brewers picked up a, a Hortonville, Wisconsin graduate. Um, and a UWL grad, uh, Caleb Bushley, uh, from the Padres organization. Um, that was, they only took one player in the Rule 5 uh, draft today. Um, but it's kind of nice. They got a Wisconsin kid, uh, a WEAC player. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. What's that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and back to the lockout. I mean, obviously, I knew it was about money, I just wasn't, you know, specifics. Um, was what I was what I was looking for, and it sounds like uh, it's all about the revenue sharing. Um, obviously, the owners don't want to give that up, and the players want it. But yeah, as far as free agency goes, the owners are never going to get rid of that. I mean, I, that's going to be in any sport. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long it how long it trades or how long it uh, plays out. Um, I saw your notes here. Max Scherzer is going to get more than a million dollars a start most likely because most pitchers don't start 43 times and he's making 43 million um yeah between he and um 
Uh, I'm drawing a blank. What's the other guy, at, the pitcher at, with the Mets? That's a stud. Um, who is the long Degrom? Jacob Degrom. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Be, between the two of those guys, they've got to be eating up seventy million dollars in salary, uh, maybe more. Um, yeah. So that's a heck of a one-two punch, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Mets uh, the Mets do. And and you know the Mets were after David Stearns too, um, so. Um, mm-hmm. That will be uh, that will be fun to watch play out. Now the Rule Five draft is that where if you take somebody in the Rule Five draft, do they have to be on your forty man roster on opening day? Yes. Okay. Yep. So so Bush- if you if you already have like if your forty man roster is already full, you cannot draft anybody. Okay. Got it. So the Brewers the Brewers had one spot open. They took one player the marlins had five spots open they took five players did they really and you just you can you can pilfer guys um that aren't on another team's 40-man roster okay Uh, but they have to be at least uh two or three years in through that their farm system you know so you can't take a you can't take someone that was just drafted last year um or something like that you got to give the organization's time to develop kids or whatever. So, and the Brewers had uh, two Wyack players on their roster last year for a brief time. They had JP Fireisen, which yep. who was great, uh, who went to yeah. who went to the Rays uh, for Willie Adamas, uh, and yep. then, and then they had Jordan Zimmerman for a, for a brief amount too there before he decided to uh, decided to retire. So they've had they've had good luck with uh, Wisconsin guys yep. or guys from the university system. So. Uh, that'll yep. be that'll be great to see Caleb Bushley uh, this year and see how he does. Um, yep. All right, and then lastly, we're going to finish up with the Bucks. Um, they're pl- currently playing right now against uh, one of their rivals, I guess if you call it that, in the NBA, the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat are the Heat are up five with about six and a half minutes to go. Um, Bucks have been red hot. They've won ten of their last eleven um, on a four game road trip tonight. Tonight's the or, or starting tonight. Uh, tonight's the first one, and then they're at Houston, uh, at the Knicks, and then they finish up with at the Celtics before they return home. So, a um, couple of since we've since we've talked last, a couple of moves. They kind of have a, a little bit different looking group. Um, they have uh, they re-signed Wesley Matthews, who uh, was a street free agent. He hadn't been on a team this year, um, and then they got Javante Smart, who uh, he's been playing playing a decent amount of minutes, and he looks good. Um, haven't haven't seen much of him uh, until he's been on the box here, and then they added Demarcus Cousins. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about Zadarius Smith and his back issues. Uh, Brooke Lopez had back surgery uh, in Los Angeles, and it appears he's going to be out for an extended period of time. So they tried to bolster the roster with Demarcus Cousins. So, uh, what do you think of the moves the Bucks uh, and John Horse have made here recently? Uh, well, I I like that Cousins pickup because they just they just needed somebody, you know, additional in the middle uh, with Lopez out. And I think once Lopez's injury got to the point where he's gonna where he had back surgery, they knew they had to to find somebody because it wasn't going to be a a, a short term issue with uh, Brooks. So I really like that. You know, I don't think they're asking him to come in and you know and play 20 25 minutes you know they probably just want him to play like 15 um you know 
rebound hard, you know, take the open look when he's got it. Um, so I think that was a huge, a huge pickup for a hole that they had. Um, you know, West Matthews coming back to Wisconsin uh, in the Milwaukee area is, is awesome. Um, but yeah, Javante's smart. I just was watching him the other night on, on Monday night. Um, can't remember who they played, but um, he was. I really liked him. Better than uh, that guy that you really don't like. <laughs> CJ and I's favorite player, Justin Robinson. <laughs> he is, I, I believe he is permanently in Oshkosh now. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking of Oshkosh, Dante DiVincenzo is starting to play a little bit there. Yeah, I saw that. Um, they they assigned Jordan Nuora and DiVincenzo to, to the herd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they play Sunday, I believe, is their next game because I looked into to going over there. But uh, it's good to see DiVincenzo on his way back. I, you know, he's been out for so long. I think he had ankle surgery in June. Um, I, I don't know what the timetable is for him. You know, an ankle basketball is such an odd sport with injuries because uh, obviously your your ankles uh, take a beating. Um, so it's yeah. not, not like football where they can ease him back into it and practice and not really play. He's got to get out there and play. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long he, you know, how long his rehab stint is. I know, you know, Clay Thompson has been uh, with their G League team here for a little bit, and he's eyeing his return. I think his, he's coming back pretty quick here. Um, but DiVincenzo is probably going to get – uh, you know, I, I would expect him to play quite a bit down there. Maybe not as far as minutes right away. He'll probably play a few minutes and then ease into you know ramping him back up to uh, you know pretty heavy workload per night before he rejoins the Bucks. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. I mean, it's been so long since he's been out. Uh, you know, and obviously we we remember everything um, current and fresh. Um, and we watched so many playoff games without him. Uh, it'll, right. it'll be interesting to see where, you know, with George Hill there now and obviously Drew Holiday and, uh, and even Javante Smart, uh, it'll be interesting to see where DiVincenzo uh, fits in. Uh, you know, Nawara, on the other hand, he had been playing a lot early this year, but now he's kind of last couple of games hasn't really seen the floor. Um, so, you know, it's a good problem to have. They have so much talent. Um, it, it's really a, an interesting watch to see what they'll do here with this roster. Um, but man, they have a they have a really really good roster. You know, one through I don't even know what they carry anymore. Do they carry twelve only active, or is it fifteen? Um, I think it's fifteen. Um, but a lot of talent. I mean, you know, you're talking Rodney Hood, um, Semi Ojale, which he's been hurt now and out. Um, but just a real deep roster they've put together in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, usually they, usually they have 15, yeah. um, you know, available, but, right. uh, you know, that's including guys like DiVincenzo and Lopez, so. Right. Uh, well, and they have, you know, all these two-way guys, too, that they have where they can move them back and forth. Um, right. I, I just never know, you know, some nights those guys are there, some nights they're not, um, I know uh, our buddy, our buddy Dave Hauser, uh, his son Sam has been back and forth a little bit between the Celtics and I think the main Celtics. Um, he had he hasn't seen much time. I know he got in the game 
uh, one night when Dave was out there because Dave had it posted on his social media. But uh, it's pretty cool for Sam to be uh, living out his dream in the NBA in the in the G League. So yeah, I did hear he's going to be with he'll be with the Celtics on Christmas Day when they play in Milwaukee. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. so that'd be you know, and I don't know if they set that up because he's a Wisconsin kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. So, um, all right, that's all I have. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else, Mike. Good to go. No, a little, I'm good. a little shorter than normal, but with only two of us, uh, we got all the talking in that we needed. So, um, all right. Well, we hope to be at full strength next week and get uh, Mike Sale and CJ Hansen out of the penalty box. And uh, so, thanks for joining us. And that's it for teaching sports. And as our buddy CJ always says, we hope you've been educated.